Well, good morning, Cathedral Faith family who is excited to be in the house of the Lord. God is good this morning. God is about to do something in your life. The Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 1, it is for our freedom that he died. Therefore, we need to stand firm because God is ready to set you free. Do not pick up the yoke of bondage again. We are no slaves. We are free. We're going to stand in freedom, shout in freedom, dance in freedom, lift up our hands in freedom. Let's worship the Lord. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Let's worship the Lord. Let's put our hands together. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered at never. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Oh God. It's still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven And my praise belongs to you forever Come on! This is my testimony from end to life Cause grace rewrote my story And I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony. Let's all sing it together. Come. Come together, sons and daughters. Born with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. What he started, yeah. Our God will finish what he started. Hey. This is my testimony from death to life. This grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the right. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Yeah. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Do you believe that today? Come on. Well, greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous when I'm justified this is my testimony oh I'm alive this is my testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story Jesus Christ the righteous, but I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. 
Hallelujah. Oh, Cathedral, God is good. And all the time. Thanks so much for being here today. Whether you're outside in the amphitheater, what a beautiful morning we have. Out in the parking lot, those who are inside the building, those who are watching online, it's so good to be together to worship God and to testify. And in fact, what we're gonna do right now is take just a moment. We baptized in the first service, we baptized in between services. We wanna take just a moment and baptize again. What an exciting time this is when we go to the waters of baptism. <clears throat> the Bible says all heaven rejoices in this moment. And so before we baptize, I'd like to invite you to join me on declaring what we believe here at Cathedral of Faith as followers of Jesus. This is what we believe. This is what we declare when we go into the waters of baptism. It's called the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to read it with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say, ma'am? He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. This is what we believe as we go into the waters of baptism. Hello, Ida. Ida, I'm sorry, Ida. Uh, how old are you, Ida? 17. Isn't it great to see young people following Jesus, that next generation? Ida, have you put your trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. You're a follower of Jesus, and you're not ashamed. <laughs> Amen. Upon your confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Yes. Amen. Here comes Charlie. All right. How old are you, Charlie? 15. Okay, 14. On his way to 15. Here we go. All right, Charlie. Have you put your have you put your trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Are you a follower of Jesus? Upon your confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now we have Emily. This is awesome. Emily, how old are you? 18. Wow. What an exciting moment, Emily. Boy, God has a wonderful dream for your life, and I hope you own that today as you go into the waters of baptism. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Uh, you surrendered your life to him? Are you a follower of Jesus? Upon that confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, let the celebration continue. Pastor Vaughn, lead us. This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story and I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified This is my testimony, this is my testimony Oh, come on, Cathedral, let's celebrate what God is doing How many are grateful that grace is rewriting some stories, even right now? Grace is, grace is rewriting our story and our future. 
and we're so grateful to be a part of this. We're gonna continue to worship the Lord in this moment. The blessing of the Lord is here. We want you to know that it's not just here, but it is for you. It's for you. It's not against you. God's not mad. God's not angry. God's not impatient. He is here and he is for us. And I hope that sinks into our heart. Father God, we just pause in the midst of this gathering to recognize that your presence is here and that changes everything. Your presence is here and it changes everything. God, may we stand before you. May we kneel before you. May our hearts be open before you. And may our hands be open to you to receive your blessings in this moment. As we bless you, God, would you speak to us? Would you confirm to us? Would you reaffirm our hearts and our place in your heart? Thank you so much for moments like these where we're reminded we're not alone. You are with us and you are for us. We love you, we bless you. And in the mighty name of Jesus, all of God's people said, amen and amen. Can we just applaud the greatness and the goodness of the Lord? Somebody just say, thank you, Lord. We love you, Father.
be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children may his presence go before you your blessing we refuse to leave we refuse to give up we refuse to retreat God I pray for that person who's standing in this moment that has felt like giving up has felt like they've been overlooked it feel like they've been forgotten God remind them that you are with them and even more so you are for them God, we thank you for your praise, your blessings. God, we thank you for this blessing. We thank you for this blessing, God.
in your coming and in your going in your weeping and in your rejoicing in your wins and in our losses you are for us you are for us God embed that deep in our spirit today deeply embed that in our spirit today thank you God thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord sometimes we just need a moment to exhale in the presence of God we need a moment to just breathe Let it be so, Father. We say amen and amen and amen to your blessing, Father. Father, we are here in this moment, and I pray that the rest of this service, God, your spirit will begin to move, will begin to heal, will begin to repair, begin to restore. Would you begin to revive? As you speak your word through Pastor Ken, God, would you just, would you break some of these chains in our life today? Sometimes we need to be reminded that we are blessed, that we're not cursed, that we are blessed, and we want to stand in that blessing today. And in the name of Jesus, we celebrate that. We give thanks for that. And we respond to that in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, all Cathedral of Faith, come on, just a few seconds of just thanksgiving, of praise, of adoration. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, Cathedral, we have a little bit more in the tank. Come on, give thanks to the Lord. Let everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. Let everything that has breath, if you're not dead, God's not done. You have a testimony. You have breath. Come on, give it back to him. Hallelujah. Cathedral of Faith, God is good all the time. All the time. Hey, before we're seated, can you find somebody, maybe someone you've never even seen in church before, look, point to them and tell them, God is not done with you. Cathedral friends and family, thank you for being with us today. If this is your first time, welcome. We would love to get to know you better. You can scan the QR code that's on the screen, send us a text, or pick up a card from one of our frontline team members. Do you know the three most popular holidays for churches? Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day. And next weekend is Mother's Day. And we want to celebrate the remarkable women in our lives. So make sure to invite your mom, your grandma, your sister, your aunts, your cousins. You know what? Just invite the whole family because we're going to have a great time. And we're working on a special video. So email us at info at cathedraloffaith.org 
with a picture of you and your mom. And then Saturday, May 14th, Bethany Hamilton is coming to Cathedral of Faith. Bethany lost her arm at the age of 13 due to a shark attack. Bethany will be with us to share her remarkable story of hope and perseverance. We'll also have a special showing of her new movie, Unstoppable. So purchase your tickets at BethanyHamiltonLive.com. And also, to my son and anyone else looking to purchase a gift, Bethany Hamilton tickets make a great Mother's Day gift. Can you believe it's already May? Summer is fast approaching and we have a lot of fun things happening around here. So be sure to follow us on social media or check out our all new events calendar on our website. Well, that's all I've got for today. So I hope you all have a fantastic week. What a great opportunity God's given to us in bringing Bethany Hamilton here. You know, sharks can be scary and terrifying, and losing your arm can be devastating, but God has used this to bring hundreds of people to Christ. And I want to encourage you that there might be somebody in your life that you've been praying for that would never think about coming to a church service, but they might come out to see Bethany Hamilton. So I encourage you to invite them out. There's a special Special deal today, if you buy your tickets here on campus after service in the foyer or out in the amphitheater, you buy two tickets, you get the third one free. So it'd be a great chance to bring people to hear this powerful testimony. And just so you know, the proceeds from this does not go to, <clears throat> does not go to Beth, excuse me, <clears throat> does not go to Bethany Hamilton. The proceeds will go to help Afghan refugees who were displaced from Afghanistan to here in California. It'll help them have housing and food and jobs. And it's a great way for you to, to bless those who are struggling right now as we declare the faith of Christ into their lives. So we hope you'll join us for this great event. Well, welcome to all of you, whether you're on campus or online. It's great to see you. It's great to have you here with us. It's great to be together as the family of God. Special shout out to those who are watching out there. Patricia, I see you there in San Jose, Amelia in Sacramento, and Leon and Cheryl, good to see you guys in Florida. Amen. It's people all over the world watching us. Last service, we had somebody in France who's been watching for over a year. This is a great opportunity God's given us to bless. So welcome to everyone. We're glad you're here. For those of you who are on campus, following service, Bloom Energy will be here once again like last week. They have a lot of great jobs available. You get a signing bonus. You get full-time great pay. You get all kinds of benefits with health for your family. If you are interested in a job, it's, this is a great, great opportunity for you to take that step in faith. They'll be out in the amphitheater after service. We're so grateful for the generous way in which they've opened the door for hundreds of people to find great paying jobs. Well, gratitude. Say that with me. One more time. Gratitude is a significant part of who we are as believers because we recognize that everything we have comes from God. In fact, here's a great quote for us. It says, what God does for us is never just for us. Let's say that together, putting me in there. What God does for me is never just for me. His blessings aren't just so you'll be blessed, but so that you can be a blessing. Because when we are grateful, it always leads to generosity. Another quote I want to share with you is this one. The more we give away, the more we'll enjoy what we keep. Let's say that with I in it this time. The more I give away, the more I'll enjoy what I keep. Gratitude always moves into generosity. And I want to take this opportunity to say thank you for those of you whose gratitude has expressed itself in generosity. Your giving has made it possible for many lives to be touched. Not just feeding our community physical food, but feeding people's hearts and souls. Many lives have been impacted by your gratitude that's turned to generosity. And I encourage you to join us if you've not been part of that generous response, and you can do that in a variety of ways. You can go to our church app, you can go online, you can text the number on the screen, or following service, you can give your tithes and offerings to the ushers as an opportunity for us to demonstrate how grateful we are. Well, this weekend, Pastor Ken begins a new series entitled Breaking Free. 
free. Say that with me. One more time. You get to be free. You get to be free. You get to be free. We all get to be free because whom Jesus sets free is free indeed. It's great to see you. I mentioned earlier that uh, just how good it is to see the cathedral family. Last weekend, I was away at, uh, with my son in Utah, and we were in church together last Sunday morning. Uh, he lives in Utah, and we went to a wonderful worship service at that church there, but there's no place like home, and all God's people said, amen. It's so good to be back home. And can I get, let you in on a secret? I know we pay the weather tax here in the Bay Area, but the weather here is way better than the weather in Utah. And all those who live in the Bay Area said amen to that. So and I'm excited about this new series called Breaking Free, Unleashing the Best Version of You. How do you break through, break out, break free from the habits that may hold you back? When you think about it, life is really, your life and my life, it's made up mostly of a series of habits. A lot of the habits we just, we don't even think about. We just engage in them. I saw two people on Twitter, they were talking about their eating habits. One said, I always start by eating the best part of any food because I fear someone will come and then I will have to share it. <laughs> so they start with the best. Now another person though, they turn it around. They said, when I eat food, I eat them in order of least liked to most liked so that the last thing I eat can taste the best. Both of them have eating habits, they're opposite habits, but they have eating habits. And the way you drive to work, you probably use the same way most of the time. Where you sit in church, I know when it comes to church, you have lots of options. You can sit outside in the amphitheater, you can park in the parking lot, you, lots of seats in the sanctuary, but I know every Sunday, Mr. and Mrs. Hemmen are gonna be right here in the front row. Yeah, cheering me on. It's a habit. And when we look at our lives, it really consists of a series of habits, and some of those habits can hold us back. In fact, I saw this one picture of a lady that said, I have a bad habit of having bad habits. And so how do you break free from those? In fact, can you break free? There's a renowned psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Robert Coles. And he was once speaking at a Harvard a graduate uh, uh, service. And so during the graduation uh, speech, he talked about a, a visit he had had from a fellow psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist was just in despair. And he said, I've been working with this one guy in therapy for 15 years, and he is still as angry and mean as he was the first day he came. He said, the only change is that now he knows why he's angry and mean. And the psychiatrist went on to tell the students, he said, what had happened in that therapy time was that the man had discovered how the emotional wounds of a child were causing him, you know, or it had his meanness had its roots in that, but nothing had changed about his behavior. And this is what Dr. Coles said next, he said, could we conclude that what this man needed wasn't just information, but transformation? But is it possible? Is it possible? Is transformation possible for human beings? And that's a good place to start before we start. Is transformation possible? 
You know, the disciples once asked Jesus a very honest question, and they figured that this one guy, that if anybody could be saved, this would be the guy. And when Jesus said, no, this guy's not, not being saved right now, and they said, well, who in the world then is gonna be saved? Who can be saved? And so you can wonder, well, who in the world can be saved? Who can be rescued? Who can be delivered? Uh, to use Dr. Cole's phrase, is transformation possible for human beings? Can you truly break free? Some habits seem so embedded, so ingrained over the years in our life patterns, can we break free from those? And Jesus answered the disciples this way. He said, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Amen. Let's give God praise. That's the greatness of our God. And that's why here at Cathedral, we have one of our core values is anything is possible. Say that with me. Anything is possible. So I want you to begin to believe. Have a little bit of faith. It may only be this much, but have a little bit of faith that perhaps you can break free from the habits that are holding you back, keeping you from being the best version of yourself. What does that one habit look like that over the next few weeks, if you could move the needle just a little bit, it would make a big difference. I heard about this one lady, her and her husband, now this lady had a tendency to overspend. overspend. Um, she had a habit of spending too much money. Did I just see an elbow in the back? No, that's, uh, so she spent too much money, so they agreed to a budget. They were living way outside their means, and they agreed to a budget, and she comes back from the store, she sees this dress on sale that she can't resist, she brings it home, and the husband's ticked, and he says, why did you buy that dress? We just talked about the budget. She said, I couldn't help myself. He said, why didn't you tell the devil to get behind you? And she said, I did, and he said, that dress looks good from back here too. <laughs> what could she do? What is that one thing? What's that one thing that just is holding you back? If you could move the, the needle on that, is it overspending? Is it losing your temper? Is it worshiping your work? Is it being a, a worry ward or a control freak? Is it, well, do you have a critical tongue? Are you an excuse maker? Do you shift the blame all the time? Are you addicted to social media and the dopamine hits that you get from it? So there are all kinds of things that can keep us from being the best version of ourselves. And we're gonna look in this series at strategies and why it's so hard to break habits. All that stuff is on its way. But today, I just want you to think about what's the one thing that's causing you the most pain, the most grief? What's the one thing that you know God wants to, well, he wants to set you free from that and you're tired of having it control your life? And we just, we read the words of Jesus a moment ago. It may seem impossible, and it may be impossible for you if you were on your own. But thanks be to God, we're not on our own. And that all things are possible with God. In fact, God is so committed to bringing out the best version of you. We read in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, we read, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Would you read that with me? Everybody declare it. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Can we give God praise? He loves us so much. He wants to unleash the best version of us. And so he's at work in our lives. He's gonna finish what he started. God's at work in me and in you, and we can be confident that he will finish what he started. 
So what is that one thing? Change always starts with vision. Without vision, you'll never change. What is the one thing? Before I see it out here, I have to see it in here. What is that one thing? Now you may say, I know exactly what it is. As soon as you mentioned it, I know what the habit is that I need to break free from. Or you may be wondering, you're not sure exactly what that is. If that's where you're at and you're not sure, here's what I would encourage you to do. Ask God to turn up the light in your life. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter five, verse 13. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for it is light that makes everything visible. See, when it's dark, when it's dark in my world, and it gets darker and darker and darker and darker, and there's not a lot of light, we can wonder, where did those shackles go? And we can be in a place of self-deception. We can be in a place of denial. But when the light comes on, and we can see this is where God wants to work in my lives. That's why the Bible is so important. The Bible, well, the psalmist says this about the Bible, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And when the light comes back on, now I can see. Now I can see. As you're reading through the word, instead of you reading the word, I allow the word to read me. Instead of me studying the word, I allow the word to study me. Instead of me looking at the word, I allow the word to look at me. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit uses the word like a light and I have an aha moment. That's where I need to grow. Let me give you a for instance. Let's say you're reading through Philippians and you come to Philippians 2.14 and you read this. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Do everything without complaining? Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Time out. And suddenly I realize, wow, maybe I do everything with complaining instead of everything without complaining. In fact, I saw this one kid, he's playing Monopoly, and he just starts whining. Watch the screens, it's kind of funny. What's been, where's all your money gone, Daddy? Taxes. Six, nine, 10, 11. Let me fix my houses. Bug, it's okay. It's part of the game. No, it's not. It it's is. not fun to... It's not fun to what? <laughs> it's the worst part of the game. Oh, it's what? Taxes. Just taxes. Of course we complain about taxes. But what can happen is this. We live in what uh, social scientists are calling the, the age of complaint. We have a culture of complaint. And because we're in that culture and we rub shoulders with it, sometimes it rubs off on us and it gets on us and it gets in us and we can find ourselves complaining about everything. We complain about work. We complain about school. We complain about the family. And we just become complainers. And then you're reading through that passage and you have an aha moment and you see for me to be the best version of myself, I need to break that habit and exchange it for a different kind of habit. In fact, here's the cathedral challenge for the day. I just want to do this for a day because we live in a culture of complaint and it's so hard to do just for a day. But for the rest of the day, here's what I want to uh, challenge you to join me in. For the rest of the day, I'm not going to complain with the help of God. I'm not going to complain about anything. Instead of finding something to complain about, I'm gonna find something to be grateful about and give God praise about. And I'm gonna exchange one habit for another habit. Is it possible? With people it's not, but with God it is, amen? 
And if just making that kind of shift in my heart, I mean, even when it comes to taxes, I don't like paying taxes, but you know what? I can still be grateful because if I have to pay taxes, that means I have a job and I have income and those two things are blessings. So I thank God that I'm in position where I need to pay taxes. I don't like it, but I thank God that I have a job and I have income and all God's people said, amen. We can always find something to be grateful about if we know where to look. We can. So it starts with the habit. What's one habit? What's that one thing over the course of the new, next few weeks that God wants to, well, move the needle on, wants to set you free so you can be the very best version of yourself before you see it out here? You have to see it in here. Vision is a starting point. But next, it takes intent. Vision isn't enough. You have to have intent. So let me ask you another question. How intense is your desire? How bad do you want to change? I, <laughs> I saw this one comic, and in it, the guy, there's a young guy, and he's got a, a T-shirt, and he's looking, and it says shrink-resistant on the tag. And so he asked the salesperson, what does this tag mean, shrink-resistant? And the salesperson says, well, it means that the shirt will still shrink, but it doesn't really want to. <laughs> so when it comes to change, how bad do you want it? In fact, if you and I were having a cup of coffee and I slid you a piece of paper and you took out a pen and I say, okay, on a scale from one to 10, how would you rate your desire for change? Would it be more toward the one or would it be more toward the 10? Wherever you're at today, I invite you to ask God. Ask God to intensify your desire for change. To not only give you the vision, but to give you the desire. To move it from one to three or three to five or five to seven or seven to 10. So you're passionate about wanting to see genuine change in your life so you can, well, you can be the best version of yourself. Now, when you invite God to do that, one of the ways God does that is by turning up the heat. Sometimes we change when we see the light. Most times we change when we feel the heat. Hello. And when God turns up the heat, why does God turn up the heat? Because he wants to unleash the best version of ourselves. In fact, he, we, uh, and, and that's why God turns up the heat. Now, desire, we know we can be in a place where, say, Augustine, uh, there was a leader in the church by the name of Augustine. And Augustine was a, a tremendous leader in early church history. And uh, he wrote a book called The Confessions. And in the book, he talks about his own struggles and his own journeys. And it's important for us to remember, for all of us to remember that every saint, even Augustine, every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. Let me say that again. Every saint has a past, but by the grace of God, every sinner has a future. And that was true in the case of St. Augustine. And he's, talks in this book about the fact that when he was young, the, the big habit that he had to break was lust. Lust had a hold of his heart. And he talked about how he would pray, what he would pray for when he prayed to God. And he would say, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. <laughs> Lord, I want to change, but not right now. So what is that how intense is your desire? Are you praying, praying, God, I want to change in a little while. God, I want to change. Maybe I'll start next month or next year or, well, in five years. When I'm a little older, I'll make this shift. But right now I'm young. When, you know, how intense is your desire? And that's why God is so committed to us. Listen to what Hebrews 12 says about God. It says, the Lord disciplines those he loves 
and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Why does God do that? Because God is a good God and he loves us too much to leave us where we're at and he wants to unleash the best version of yourselves. So ask God, ask God to show you where you need to change, that's vision. Then ask God to increase your desire, even if he has to turn up the heat to do so. Because real change happens when people have intent. And then finally today, I wanna wrap up with this. Ask God to give you the power that you need. Because you may need, you may have the vision, you may have the desire, but without the power, Listen to what Philippians 2, verse 13 says. It reads this way. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Can we read that together? But instead of saying you, say me. Put the word me in there. Everybody read it together. God is working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Can we give him praise? Amen. God is at work in us. <clears throat> giving us the desire and giving us the power. Powering up. Someone once said, that the second day of a diet is easier than the first because by the second day, you're off it. And how many of us, we have a vision, we have a desire, but we're all fired up and yet we don't have the power to carry it out. And what you'll notice in life is that willpower will only take you so far. It will. You need more than willpower. You need Holy Spirit power. And to be able to take your willpower and lean into Holy Spirit power, if you're trying to change apart from Holy Spirit power, it's, you know, it's kind of like flying a kite. It's May 1st and it's kite weather and I love kites and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fly this kite inside the building and so if you'll help me you know cheer me on as I run across the stage and get this kite up in the air you ready and here we go all right look at that look at that man that thing won't stay in the air let me try it again I think I just need to run faster right so I'm gonna run faster this time Hopefully I won't pull a muscle. Here we go, here we go, I'm running fast now. Here we go. That thing still won't stay in the air. Now, I'm gonna try it one more time. I'm gonna try really hard. I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna give it my best effort. That's what I need. That's why it won't stay in the air. I'm gonna give it my best effort, and here I go. All right, here we go, here we go. Oh, man. It still won't stay in the air, and now I need oxygen. I'm out of breath. I want that image to get in your spirit because when you're trying to change apart from the power, the wind of the Holy Spirit and the breath of the Holy Spirit, before long you find yourself out of breath. It's hard to get the kite off the ground and keep it off the ground unless you have your will working with God's power. The man in the Bible, he knew what that was. Romans, uh, in Romans chapter seven, he said, the apostle Paul, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And we know what that is. We try and we try harder. And we run and we run faster until eventually we're out of breath and we give up, we give in, we lose heart. And we just accept. We accept where we're at instead of where God wants to bring us to. But with the wind of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul would go on to write, 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. Set me free. Say that with me. Set me. Say it again. Set me free from the law of sin and death. That as Paul learned to lean into the Holy Spirit. What he was able to change. He was able to overcome. He was able to get the kite off the ground and soar into the sky. And what God did for him, God can do for you. If every day I get up and I confess my need to God and I say, God, I need your power. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, like the wind, help me to soar to higher heights and help me to overcome this habit and establish a better habit this day for this one day when you learn to lean into the power of the Spirit. That's when your life will start to soar. I'm breaking free. Say that with me. I'm breaking free. Say it again. I'm Turn to your neighbor and say it. I'm breaking free. Go ahead. I am. Change is possible because of the God we serve. Now, every week, I'm going to share with you a story in, in just a moment. Uh, Vaughn's coming to wrap things up with a song. But before he does, every week you'll hear a story about someone who is uh, shifting a habit. And I thought I would start. And so I've shared before how my, uh, you know, one of my challenges over the years has been dealing with anxiety. And what I've learned in dealing with anxiety is that anxiety can become a habit. When anxiety becomes a habit, it becomes your go-to response. Whatever's happening circumstantially around your life, it becomes your automatic go-to response. You don't even have to think about it. You just respond with anxiety. And when you get to that point, instead of you having anxiety, your anxiety has you. It's got you shackled. And maybe that's where you're at today. I know we, on social media, we posted, what would you like to break free from during this series? And the number one response was anxiety and fear. And boy, if you've wrestled with it, let me tell you, I know I'm not in your shoes, but I kind of get it. I get where you're at today. But here's what I've learned. I've learned that your freedom is worth fighting for. Freedom is worth fighting for because if I had not fought against that habit, then it would have limited my life. I would not be doing what I'm doing today. If I would have let anxiety keep me shackled, I wouldn't be a pastor, I wouldn't be a leader, I wouldn't be speaking to you right now if I had let anxiety master me. But with the help of God and the wind of the Spirit, what happened is I learned to live by my faith instead of my fears. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah! And I believe what God did for me, God will do for you. That I've learned to live by my faith and not by my fears. And I'm, I'm not what I'm gonna be, but thanks be to God, I'm not what I used to be. And God took the chains and then it was just a rope. And then God took the rope and now it's a piece of string. Does it still show up? Sure it does. Does it own me? No chance, because the grace of God has helped me to shift the way that I respond. Now, let me share with you how God helped me, and maybe this will help you. Because if you're gonna make change, you need vision, you need intent, and you need a strategy. We'll talk more about strategy in the future. But here's how God worked through uh, this strategy in my life. I can tend to be a bit of a, a control freak. Any other control freaks out there? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're a control freak, uh, I, I saw this one lady, she, you know, she said, as long as everything is exactly the way I want it, I'm totally flexible, <laughs> right? And so you're a control, and what you find out in life is nothing is ever just as you want it. And so 
Every time something's just not as you want it, when you're control freak, anxiety shows up. And so here's what I learned to do. I learned to pray a prayer. Sometimes I pray it once a day, sometimes several times a day, sometimes several times an hour. This prayer was written by a pastor theologian by the name of Niebuhr. It's used in the recovery movement, but you rarely see the last half of the prayer. So I'm gonna invite you to stand with me, everyone, and do two things. One thing I did is I resigned. I resigned from being the manager of the universe. And I invite you to resign. Can you say that with me? I resign. Say it again, I resign. I'll let God be God and I'll let Ken be Ken. I'm not gonna try to manage the universe. I can barely manage myself. And then I would pray this prayer and I invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's known as the serenity prayer. And I invite you to say it with me. I know what it did for me connecting with God through this and I believe God can use it to help you out today. Everyone say it with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm breaking free. Say it with me. I'm breaking free. Pastor Vaughn, come and sing that declaration with us today. Amen. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Search for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. There's a better life, yeah. There's a better life. Cause if you got pain, he's a pain Somebody testify, wave your hands at me, come on y'all. Hey, if you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify.
I'm breaking free. Say it with me. I'm breaking free. You know, after service, if you need prayer, our team will be down front to pray with you and pray for you. Don't forget, next week is Mother's Day. It's going to be a great time of honoring moms next weekend. And then I want to thank once more our friends from Bloom Energy who are out here in the amphitheater uh, for making all these opportunities available to the family here at Cathedral of Faith. This may be a step toward you unleashing the best version of yourself, you know, to to take a step of faith and, you know, uh, apply at Bloom Energy. It's a a wonderful opportunity. You only need a high school uh, education and they'll do all the training. So again, thank you to Bloom for being out here today. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. Well, I love our cathedral family. So good to be together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, every day this week, may you feel the breath of the Spirit helping your life to soar. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray this. All God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you as you go. Have an awesome day.